Hello, good day. Uh, yes. And welcome. Welcome to Like Trees Walking. Do we call this 2.0? Because of our... Uh, there, we have to somehow acknowledge the sort of quantum leap that we've made. Yes, um, yes, indeed. We are... Uh, we're operating on new equipment now. Can you hear it? Can you hear? Yeah. Does this sound different? The mellow FM tones. Better, of... richer, fuller. Um, I, I, yeah. I, it's so for those uh, for those of you who actually have gone to legtreeswalking.com and uh, subscribe to our email uh, list, which you can do there. Uh, we, I will shoot you a picture of our new setup, uh, our new rig, which is going to be pretty awesome. But Mike, if you could just describe how what what's happened. The revolution that's happened um, between the last time we recorded and now. Certainly. Well, first of all, my name is Michael J. Nelson. Oh, and, and, my, and my name is uh, <laughs> my name is David Berge. Yes, and uh, and secondly, we uh, we're doing this in the morning. We had an apple before we. I'm just another peek behind the curtain before I go into our equipment. Okay, I just okay. wanted to point out to I had never heard this. Explain this to me. So I was I was listening actually to another podcast, and I uh, I can't exactly remember which one it was. I listened to a lot, but um, one of the hosts was talking about how they used they got their start in sort of radio, and that in the studio, you know, when they had first gotten their start in radio, uh, there was a a bowl of apples there, and so before they like went on air. Um, they would always take a bite of the apple and eat the apple because that was supposed to be good for their voice. Wow. So, it, you know, it's early in the morning. Mike and I are both getting over colds. And so uh, so I was like, let's take a bite of the apple so that we sound our absolute best. And the, so we The did apple that. has saved the day. Look, we can talk now. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we sound great. So, sound um, very good. Uh, proof of the pudding. Proof of the, uh, proof of the pudding is in the eating. Right. Now, um... This is the podcast where we talk about the important issues of life. We do it from a Christian perspective. We try not to take ourselves too seriously. We welcome all listeners. Yes, of, we do. Of all philosophical stripes. Um, so that's the nuts and bolts of it. And um, the equipment. Let's get on to that. Yeah, please. We used to be running on uh, a sad little setup. It was the best we could do. It, yeah, it, it was... served us well, but it was a couple of uh, decent USB mics plugged into a Mac. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today we are speaking through professional studio mics, uh, and we're going into a board. Yeah, and there's so a mixing board. As I'm speaking to you, I'm standing in front of this he, mixing he, board. He's it just looks, tweaking the I'm levels. Tweaking and, the, you know, I'm riding levels, and I'm automating as we speak. So uh, hopefully that, uh, that pays dividends in what you're hearing now in your headphones and or speakers. Absolutely. And I, I think, Mike, to be fair, like you got a great you got a great starter set up. And it's sort of like, you know, when someone starts playing an instrument and they get like the the parent gets him the guitar at like Walmart or something yeah, like that. It's yeah. like you, you have to start on that before you go out and buy like a tailor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you haven't earned it. It's uh, so hopefully we've earned this equipment. We're 14 episodes in. We we've, yeah. we've earned this. And next we'll step up to going into a, a, a giant studio uh, at uh, uh, what is it um Oh, the one they record all the... It's George Lucas's place. Oh, um, Industrial something, Light something Ranch. Oh, oh uh, yeah, Lucas Ranch? Or Luke, no, Skywalker Ranch. Skywalker Ranch. There we go. Wow, that took a lot to get there. <laughs> it really paid off, though. <laughs> anyway, we've got a great show. We have, uh, we're going to do a review later on of, uh, of our coffee. So look forward to that. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and we have, of course, a big question for the day. And then we have... An ethical dilemma. That's our department that we will wrestle with a tough and ethical it, dilemma. And it's one that we've been faced with, that <laughs> yes. we've really been wrestling with. It it's... has touched us. It is quite relevant, and I think it'll be relevant to you. So that'll be uh, in the second part of this podcast. But now, 
let's get to the the main meat. Let's let's chew this steak. All right. And that is a question that is, I think, posed to Christians on a number of occasions and, and you know, by people who are either secular or who have left the faith, whatever the case may be, there is a question that they ask. Um, it, uh, it seems to rankle people, and they want to know, hey, Christian, do you think I'm going to hell? And that's a tough one. How do we handle that when someone asks that? Do we think they're going to hell? So, uh, and should we even face the question? Go. Yeah. So, no. Short answer: Yes, but no, no, no. So, uh, I don't want to be glib about this. Uh, so, yeah, this is a hard question because there's a lot uh, with all questions. A simple question. Um, there's presuppositions, premises, uh, a whole world underlying it. And so, uh, what we want to do is come at this question from the way that I think is most fruitful for really getting at what the person is asking is, is, um, and, and I would start actually for personally with, a I think just defending the concept of hell itself, um, is a fruitful exercise for us to do. Cause hell can be kind of this like embarrassing, uh, this embarrassing thing like, Oh yeah, you know, sort of people used to believe that and it's where God sends all the baddies, but you know, now we got to get over this. Cause how can we reconcile sort of a God of love that we know in Jesus with, uh, you know, people being tortured forever in a lake of fire or something like that. And, and I just want to say from the outset, like this, you know, Jesus comes, um, proclaiming and embodying this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven, um, where the world looks like it should be as God is in charge. And part of that is he also comes bringing this word of judgment, saying that um, there are things that won't have a place in this kingdom. And I want to say that that's really, really good news, like um, that there are things, and I think we can all agree, at least in principle, that there are things that are, gonna be, are excluded from that kingdom, things like sickness and death and abuse um, and, and deceit, like all of these awful things that are a part of our existence, we want them to have no place in that kingdom. And so where is their place? If not in that kingdom, it is in hell, which we could basically define as, um, being separated from God outside the scope of the kingdom in a place of condemnation, which is where they belong. And so, you know, if, if there is a place for, um, child abuse or cancer uh, or any other of the myriad of horrible things in the kingdom of heaven, that's not like heaven, that's more like now or more like hell. So hell itself is just the place where those, th those things are, which are excluded from the kingdom of God. Yes, and, and uh, you know, we get to Christians, that is, get uh, wrapped a lot for our beliefs in silly things like hell, you know, a devil with pitchfork and a tail and all of that. Mm -hmm. and, you know, all descriptions of hell are, are just an attempt to capture what you just described, this place of darkness that is separated from this place of light and goodness, where obviously we want heaven to be that. Yes. We don't want these things you just described. So the first part of the question you have to answer is, yes, there is a hell. We do believe in that. Yes, and, and sort of, uh, 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 so the existence of hell is part of the good news because that's the place where these things go. And so uh, uh, that is not a sort of a contrary thing to this good news that we, that we um, proclaim, but it's complementary. And so then the question becomes, um, so like those things are excluded from the kingdom of heaven, but what about people? 
you know, which type of person is excluded from, uh, from the kingdom of God. And that's, you know, that's a really sticky wicket. That's a really hard question. You know, we know that our belonging in the kingdom as Christians, um, only comes through our union with Christ, our incorporation with him, because we know that in and of ourselves, uh, we are not worthy to belong to God's kingdom itself. We have no place in it because we ourselves uh, stand for the things which are opposed to the things of God. So there's no sort of righteous ground upon which I stand to which I should belong. It's only as I belong to Christ that I have any place in that kingdom at all. So I, I, I'm not in any place of moral superiority. Um, but, so we sort of say like, it's only through Christ that we belong to kingdom and, and sort of who is in Christ, who will belong. And, and I think this is where we get to a fruitful conversation of saying, I mean, the most sure thing is to place our faith and trust in him and him alone. Um, but what about, you know, um, all of the millions, billions of people across the world who've never heard of him or anything like that. And this is where, um, this is where we have to rely on um, what we know about God and God's, you know, justice and, and, and the fairness of who God is, is that God is not going to capriciously um, throw people into this place, that God's desire is for people to be with him in his kingdom. And so we trust that in the ambiguity that comes, um, that God will be true to his character and that no one will be excluded from the kingdom who should be in there. Right. He is a, a just God, is one of the things that we hold quite firmly to, and so he wouldn't, he, yeah, he's not capriciously tossing people into the fires of hell. And now I heard uh, I heard a good explanation for when you get this this tough poser of a question from, uh, from a Christian apologist named Greg Kokel. He said that, um, you know, if you look at it this way, that God is not looking down from heaven going, hey, I like this team, and I don't like this team. I, I don't like this kind of person. I like this one. I think I'll put them in heaven. <laughs> We're all in the same boat. We all have to stand to account for our deeds before this God who is just. And uh, anyone has the option to take the deal, to take Christ as your, to stand in for you. Anybody has that option. And so there is no team that he likes or not. It's just, we all stand before him accounting for our sins. And do you want to take do you want the good lawyer? Do you want Jesus as your lawyer, or do you want to stand it alone? And don't and, get the you, yeah. Don't don't defend yourself, right? Because so. as they say in uh, what do they say about the you know the person who defends themselves has a fool as a yeah. client and a damn fool as an attorney. <laughs> right. uh, so don't don't stand in for yourself. Don't don't defend yourself. But and and also, I mean, what's most I think important about this question as we look at uh, particularly when Jesus tells this this parable, you know, sort of about the last judgment and and Jesus is most uh, critical um, of the uh, of the religious types of the types who are sort of confident in their own ability to stand before God on their own. And, and, you know, he says the sheep and the goats. It's like the people who thought they had a place in the kingdom are surprised because they don't. And so, you know, when I was, you know, uh, uh, naked, did you clothe me? You know, when I was in prison, did you visit me? Those kind of things. So, so um, Jesus himself sort of presents this very surprising twist and challenge and saying, like, that it's, it's not what you think, sort of like, um, so I'm not going to neatly sort of divide the world into the goodies and the baddies, like, like the, the line between good and evil, as uh, Solzhenitsyn says, you know, runs down the middle of each and every human heart. And so um, I need Christ to stand 
in my place if I'm going to have a place in his kingdom. And I trust that all who should be in there will be in there and that no one will be separated from him who, who could not have been who could not have been joined to him. And there's a, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, a lot of imaginative fiction around this, which I think can be helpful in our thinking. I mean, I think particularly of uh, C.S. Lewis. What's, what's the screw tape letters, the screw tape letters. And then there's also the, uh, what's the book about hell? That sort of imaginative. Oh, uh, uh, the one that's the bus or the, uh, the bus trip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that, that um, hell, like that for, for people like that heaven is actually hellish. For people who prefer to to dwell right. um, in and of their own, so it's sort of like those who are unwilling to surrender um, their pride find this heaven because uh, it's a bus trip where they go to heaven, and um, these people who live in this very dark, drab, gray, dull place, which is his picture of hell, like are so repulsed by heaven that they sort of choose to get back on the bus and go back where they were, and I think that could be helpful in a way to think that like. Um, that that this is, yeah that this isn't God sort of capriciously kicking people out, but people sort of opting themselves to be in this place of separation from Him. So I think uh, if I could sum this up, first of all, if you are a Christian and someone asks you, "Am I going to hell?" It's it's a trap. Be careful. Make sure you have a relationship with that person before you attempt to answer it. And for people who want to ask that question, sort of pin us down. Be prepared to uh, to listen to us for a while because the answer is complicated and it may not be what you uh, want to hear. Which is, you, you know, it seems like it's a provocative question, like it's trying to put distance between the person and Christians. Like you think you're so special, but you think I'm going to hell. But that's that's not the case. No, no, not at all. And um, for Christians, it's I, I think fruitful to reflect on the place of hell and of judgment in our in our own faith not because it's a way of pushing other people away or separating us out as the you know righteous from the unrighteous but it really redounds back on ourselves and causes us to examine our own consciences and our own um, our own recognition of our utter inability to stand in God's presence apart from what Christ has done our, on our behalf so again as with all things in the Christian faith um, it points us back to Jesus and our need for him to represent us and stand in our place because we cannot stand on our own two feet. Right. So, are you going to hell? No, you are going to a break right now. Yeah. And then, <laughs> that's that's a great. That's segue. a smooth. You know wow. what? The new equipment comes smooth radio <laughs> transitions. So we're going to go to a little break, and when we return, a review of my home roasted coffee from none other than Dave Berge. And uh, we will also tackle an ethical question, and that's right after this. Hey, Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. It's good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast um, and for all the great feedback and reviews you've given us. Um, I know I do this pitch every single time, but I just want to first start by saying thank you to everyone who has responded to that, who's left us a review on iTunes um, and, and, and rated us. And so if you haven't done that yet, um, just go to iTunes. You can even do it on your phone. Uh, just give us a rating and a review, and that will help more people find it. Um, also, if you want to share episodes on Facebook or Twitter or good old-fashioned email uh, with your peoples if you think this is worth them hearing we would appreciate you doing that so um, thank you to all our loyal listeners our fans 
You are great. You are why we do this. And uh, you can go to liketreeswalkingpod.com to learn more about us, to sign up for our newsletter. Um, and yeah, so thank you, and please enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back. I hope you enjoyed that break. And my uh, always wonderful spiel. So let's do a quick wrap up of what we were just talking about. Yes, we were talking about this question. Uh, Christians get it from uh, usually secular people. I think looking for a little, looking to be provocative, looking to stir up the, the pot a little bit. And that question is, hey, Mr. Goody Goody Christian, do you think I'm going to hell? And uh, what's the, the quick wrap-up to that? The quick wrap-up is, uh, I, I think we're all going to hell and everything's going to hell, apart from the work of Christ to bring the kingdom and bring reconciliation between um, us and God. So uh, we're basically all in the same boat. Yep. Um, and so what we need is Christ to stand in our place, and actually hell is good news um, because uh, the kind of things that we would not want in the kingdom of heaven— and the kind of people who so identify with those things um, that they would choose them over the kingdom of heaven, uh, we, we don't want those things to have a place. So hell and judgment, while they seem harsh, are actually good news when we think about um, it, it would be like you wouldn't want a bear in a wild grizzly bear in Disneyland um, stalking families and children. <laughs> uh, so put it in hell. Right. Okay. Well, um, it's time for a department that I think is going to be a department and a departure, because normally around this time in the show, we put Pastor Berge through some some rough stuff. What have we tasted in the past? Uh, I can think offhand um, my fermented corn relish. Yeah, which was not horrible. That was actually that was actually that's the best thing that you've served me. So thank you. Um, tinned fish of various kinds, uh, which did not go over well n- at all. Not fish, but uh, oh, an octopi, octopus. Yeah, yes. yeah, a cephalopod. Is that what those yes, are called? Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, tinned um, cephalopod. Um, uh, we also had oh, fermented uh, beet kvass. Yep, which did not go over well. I would like to point out, however. Uh, we had some uh, fellas over to the house the other day, and I did a tasting with them, and three out of four said, you know what, it's not bad, I can see where you would drink this, so my fa- you're, you're an outlier. Let's my just favorite say review was from uh, from our friend Eric, who was like, you know this, it, he he identified the niche which beat Kvass fills, he's like, you know, you're sitting in bed, reading a book before you, know, before you go to sleep, uh, you don't want a hot beverage or, uh, you know, like a coffee, but you say you don't want to drink something alcoholic. Beat Kavas fills that (laughs) so nicely. Like he 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 nailed it. So uh, I thought that was ridiculous, but whatever. Um, Oh, uh, your horrible cucumber lime uh, onion. Yeah, I'm not defending. I'm not going to defend that. That was just I made that on a lark just because I had it. I had I had pickled something, and that was the juice. And I thought, I wonder if you could just put this in a bottle and ferment it. And of course you can, and it comes out horribly. Yeah. So (laughs) you are, but you are like sort of. Um, ahead of your time, or maybe of the zeitgeist, that like uh, fermentation is you know the rage and fermentation bars and like so y- you fit right in, man. Yeah, um, my dad and I were doing it when I was a kid, so I, I before it was cool, man. <laughs> That's the true the true hipster response. <laughs> yep. it, it was before it was cool, before it was popular. But 
that all of that is to say that now we have a, a good thing, I think. I am, in addition to my other tinkering, I home roast my own coffee. Now, stop laughing. It, it's actually, it, it pays off. My wife loves it. She cannot stand to drink regular or inferior coffee. It's, it, it is, it makes a big difference. David, your thoughts? Do is my coffee? Yeah, your your coffee is excellent, and uh, and I love how you brew it. So it's it just part of one of the things that makes you an interesting, eccentric person is how you brew your coffee too. The the like reverse vacuum or vacuum. It's a method. vacuum pot. This was how most human beings in America brewed their coffee until the percolator came along, like in the the fifties, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people, if you see old movies, once you spot it, you you can't not see it. There's a, a lot of vacuum pots sitting around in, in old movies, which and, is another thing I like to do is watch old movies, whereas <laughs> the rest of the world, perhaps not so much. But so it's, you, I mean, it is true that we sort of, I think it is true that we traded kind of convenient, the convenience of the percolator for actually good tasting coffee. And so... So now, without further ado, let's do a review of my coffee, and then I will read the official tasting notes from, uh, this is from Sweet Maria's Coffee Shop in, I believe it's in San Francisco, is where I get the green beans. Oh. Yeah, so they're, here we they're go. right Here's in front of me, unroasted. Dave so I'm going to pour review. the coffee, and I will sort of tell you what I taste, and we'll see how that matches up. And it's also, it's good... Oh, here, let's get the... Oh, listen to that rich, the, the, the boldness, the body, you can hear it. Oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to sip it. Sup it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you know, I will just point out for those of you tasting at home, uh, it's a little better when the coffee has cooled a bit. The, the, That's true. The, the strong heat sort of masks a lot of those subtle flavors. So uh, not, it's not that it's bad, but it just it gets a little... You can taste a little more as the cup cools, as they say in tasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that uh, um, it has some, some, um, some fruity notes to it, certainly, um, which are wonderful. Uh, maybe okay, some, okay. almost some hazel, hazelnutty undertones to it. Um, very smooth. Um, not, not, not terribly bold. Some, some roasted oak. Perhaps. <laughs> All right, you're going off the reservation, man. That's not a flavor. It's like the uh, you know the the wine world has all those terms, and I've heard people defend this, and that's fine. I'm not into wine, but you know they'll have notes of uh, of, of lead pencil stuff like that, where yeah. it's just like things that shouldn't be in there. But there's a cigar. The cigar world tried to do the same thing. You know, they'll have a cigar, a glossy cigar yeah. magazine, yeah, yeah. tasting notes, and one of my favorites is uh, notes of tobacco. <laughs> seeing as the, the whole entire thing, thing is, is tobacco. made of tobacco, you would no. hope that that would be the case. So, but my like sort of not trying to be a snooty wine reviewer. Um, it's wonderfully smooth. I would say sort of a medium. You know, it's not it's not bold, but it's not light. It's sort of medium, uh, and and it's smooth. Well done. I, I wish I had the little uh, DJ thing of a round of applause for you. Yeah. Yes. Here are the uh, the notes from the expert tasters at Sweet Maria's. This is a Costa Rica Hellsar. I have roasted it about you know medium on the low end. That's where you want to keep your roast. Don't do the Starbucks burn the stuff okay. that just destroys it. And here is his notes. It's an archetypal Costa Rica cup, balanced, restrained, clean finish, raw sugar sweetness. Apple notes. Mm. There's that fruitiness. See, see. Mulling spice notes. Great brewed cup. It's true. It's a really wonderful cup. And my, uh, in terms of mulling spices, my wife makes a great mulled wine. And and it's Ooh. it's getting cool That's in Minnesota. It's just about time. I know, Minnesota. It's, Put it's, on your cable knit sweater and mull some things. You take out. You take the kids out trick or treating around the neighborhood, and in and in your mug, your uh, you know your 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 
your keep it hot thermos mug, have some mulled wine. Oh, it makes sounds... trick-or-treating even better. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. All right. Well, hopefully that was a little easier than drinking beet kvass. And we thank you for your review and, and well done. If only there was an octopus tentacle hanging out in this <laughs> cup, I'd feel much more at home. <laughs> All right. Well, now we got to get back to serious stuff. Yeah, let's do and, it. And that is our ethical dilemma. And uh, this one hits close to home. This is one I raised with you. Yeah, I mean, you sent me an email. It was like a middle of the night. I could tell something had woken you up with a start, and um, it was uh, it was impassioned. There was even fear behind it. So I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Most nights, I, I wake up in fear. <laughs> That's why I became a Christian. Um, well, this is it. The uh, I was doing some exploring as I was looking at the the podcast uh, world and sort of uh, you know trying to assemble the the rig here that yeah. now that you're now listening to. And uh, one of the things I stumbled across was this idea that the the music that you use in podcasts uh, technically you really shouldn't be using that music. And and the more I dug into it, I, I saw that most podcasters do not use you know, legitimate music, like label music. And uh, now, so this is the dilemma. Do we use it? Because here's my thought. Uh, I'm almost certain that using it in this fashion is fair use. Now, one of the problems ethically is this has not been challenged in court. It's just, there are, there's, it's a patchwork of decisions around the country of what is fair use. And there are four criteria to it. I don't want to go into yeah. it. Yeah. You can uh, um, Google four criteria of fair use uh, um, if you're yes. so inclined. One of the biggest ones uh, is this is a tiny podcast that is completely <laughs> non commercial. <laughs> and so it's impossible that we're taking money away from any of these people. However, this is seems to be the wish of the music companies for us not to use their music without express written permission. Not so, imp- not implied verbal. Uh, you, <laughs> as always, after the fact, you can go into court and and make your claim of fair use. Yeah, and I, I'm almost certain we would win, but it's it's a judge's decision on any given day. So, what does one do in the face of this? These sort of murky. The the uh, morals aren't clear here. The the you know my values are such. Uh, let me just run through this. Okay, Here's, run it. Morals are things that are the aughts in the world. This is my quick view, my thumbnail sketch. I like it. We should have a separate podcast for this. Morals are the things we ought to do. Values are the way you apply your own your morals, and ethics is sort of that getting down in the weeds and thrashing around trying to figure out what actually how to apply your values in a complicated world. Does that make a, that that's do, a good thumbnail. Yeah, that does make sense. And so, yeah, that there's, um, when we're getting into ethics, particularly ethical, like, dilemmas, we wouldn't be asking the question if it weren't hard. Right. And, and so, yeah, hashing this out. When it's not, you know, that in this world there are shades of gray, certainly. And so our ethics are, uh, which, which way is it shaded? More towards the black or towards the white? And we've got a, and, and there's no clear answer. So, um, yeah, what are you asking me my thoughts on this? Yeah, what are your thoughts? Because I can tell you what, you know, I will sum up with our decision of what, what, mm-hmm. how we handle this now that this information has come to me. So, but give me your thoughts. My, I mean, my thoughts are that uh, we are in very safe uh, territory. If we were to continue um, to use, you know, snippets of music as 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 uh, bumper 
uh, bumper music, you know, uh, for uh, for the podcast. Uh, you know, I do think it's important to attribute to the artists their work. So we're not pretending that this is original to us. Uh, you know, that that this is sort of um, credit where it's due. But we're not like playing the whole song, um, just portions of it. Um, it, it. It's for our own purposes within the show. Uh, we're, you know, not uh, taking credit or money or selling or anything like that. So I think we're on safe ground, but being on safe ground, it's also like we are uh, David, um, the record companies are Goliath. And so if someone did send us a cease and desist letter or said, I'm going to sue you now, um, would we be willing to fight it and stand up for it? And so that's maybe like where the nut is for me is like, am I willing, even though I think I'm right, Am I willing to do the work of fighting for it? And the answer is no, no. <laughs> of course not. Uh, it's just not within the scope. I mean, I, uh, you, it, it doesn't take much research to tell you that it's a very expensive proposition. And therefore, very few things actually make it to court. These things are settled 99.9% .9 of the time out of court. And uh, that is why there are so few decisions and why this is murky and not clear is because it is never gotten to the Supremes and they have said, you can do this, you cannot do this. Um, it's never been settled. So our decision was to, for, for that reason that he just stated, that we don't want someone to send us a cease and desist. Uh, that would be unpleasant. And But the second reason is, okay, if that's the wishes of the people who control this music, let's err on the side of being... Uh, you know, being decent and, and kind about it and saying, okay, fine, we won't use your music. Uh, I don't think it in any way could be uh, harming anyone. It can only be helping. And But but if that's your wish, let's, let's, be, let's go above and beyond and just cut that. And so we're going to use music for which we get per permission or yeah. that has Creative Commons licenses that, you know, for non-commercial use, go ahead, buddy. That's kind of the, there are different tiers of creative commons. I don't want to get into that, no, no, but no. let's just say that we're, we're going the extra step and making sure we, that, that our music is, is nice and clean and tidy. So that's, and so, that's yeah, it. if you're a, if you're a independent musician, um, who wants to uh, let us use your music, we would be more than happy to do that. And, you know, if I guess sort of like the big, um, corporate music behemoths, uh, you know, might have a problem with uh, little guppies like us using their music. Let's just say, okay, those are your rules. We'll play by them. And in fact, uh, we 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 want to help and support um, and promote the people who want to work with us. So if there's a channel to do that, why not? Instead of like, you know, if we're the little guy, um, let's just support the little guy too. Why the heck not? Right. So that's our ethical dilemma. That's our coffee review. That's our answer to the big questions. And that's our podcast. That is a podcast. That Mark. is like trees walking. And now on the new equipment, I'm going to just, this is uh, another behind the scenes. I'm going to just roll the music in. He just has a, right Mike now. has Here a tablet go. in Here his hand. And he's just doing it live. Let's roll the music in. All right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There's that oh, music. Yeah. We'll get this down, folks. Thank you for joining us. On Like Trees Walking, Michael J. Nelson, David Paul Berkey, signing off. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>